Last week we showed uh, my interview with Aussie Dave. And if you, you were here, we showed it in Melbourne, we showed it here online. It was powerful, confronting, hectic, but a story of the grace of God. And if you haven't seen it, it is on YouTube. It's, a, it's an interview. Aussie Dave's a social media pastor. He's been a, a journalist and he talked about his healing journey from being a survivor of sexual abuse as a child. And it was, it was just something that pointed to the goodness and the grace of what God can do when we surrender our lives to Him. And we used that, that message to kick off our series that we're beginning last week, or we're bookending it really, but it's called Transformed. Turn to your neighbour and say, Transformed. Come on, put it in the chat if you're watching online, Transformed. And I'm excited about this series. I believe this series is going to be a signature series for our church. Uh, we wanted to bookend it with two powerful testimonies. So last week was Aussie Dave, and the first weekend of June will be Trent Membry from New Zealand, who we've had here before. He'll be here for Pentecost Sunday, uh, and he'll be here for three nights of fire on the Sunshine Coast. But we'll be going to hear his story of going from a, a, a drug dealer, uh, addicted to, to, to all sorts of chronic behaviour uh, and the power of God in transforming his life. So either end, we're having two powerful testimonies of transformation. Uh, in the middle, next week, it's Mother's Day. So we're going to just put a pause on the series and we're going to celebrate all of our mums because you're awesome. All of our mums in Melbourne, all of our mums here, all of our spiritual mums, our grandmums. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Danielle. So just send me any question you want me to ask her. It's, it's going to be fun uh, for, again, for Melbourne, for here, we're going to be all together in that particular moment. All right, so this is a series, we call it a campaign and we're discussing it in all of our connect groups. We're talking about transformation and how God transforms lives. You see, the, the desire for transformation is hardwired into every human being. It's, it's in your heart to be transformed. You, you've just got to look around us. It's why people will go into therapy. It's why people join a gym. Come on, it's why people get in, become a part of recovery groups. Uh, you just got to go to the bookstore for the self-help books. There's so many of them. People buy those books. There's motivational s seminars. We make New Year's resolutions, new financial year resolutions, Easter resolutions. We just make lots because we, we in our heart, we have a desire to be transformed. That's, that's how we're wired. In fact, uh, psychologist Aaron Beck says that the, the possibility of transformation, the possibility of transformation is the essence of hope for every human being. He goes on and he says, the most toxic belief that can happen in any marriage is the belief that neither of you can change anymore. Therefore, it's hopeless. And it's not true. You can change. Our vision here at C3 Powerhouse is transformed lives. It's been our vision for 20 years to see lives transformed. We believe that through a relationship with God, amidst a family of Jesus followers, with the power of the Holy Spirit, a humble and hungry person can be transformed to live the life that God intended us to live. Turn to your neighbour and say, I reckon you can be transformed just a bit more. Just a bit more. Come on. <laughs> All right. No suggestions to your partner. Come on. Calm it down. Come on, Melbourne. Just calm down right there. 
This is what the Bible says. Stay with me, church. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. You're not giving them a list of how they can be transformed. Let's just remember the Holy Spirit is the transformer. I know you'd love to be His helper, but He's, he's really good at His job. All right. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 is the signature text for this whole series. And it says this, but we all with unveiled faces, we, those of us who have had the spiritual revelation that Jesus is the Son of God and He paid for our sins, beholding like in a mirror the glory of God are being transformed into the same image, that's the image of Jesus, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, some of you were Christians in the 70s and we used to sing a song, from glory to glory, He's changing me. Who knows it? No, they don't want to put their hands up because they don't want to sing. They're like, stop singing, Pastor, really quickly. Come on, I know some of you Melbourne guys, you know it. You've been around a while, right? From glory to glory, He's changing me. His likeness and image to perfect in me. This is the, the heart of of the Gospel, that we're being transformed into the image, the likeness of Jesus Christ. So transformation, it's a, it's a journey. If you can get one thought today, transformation is, happens through a series of moments, decisions, new habits, but it is a journey. You never arrive until we get to heaven and we're made perfect. All right, we, ne we never arrive. It's a journey. I love watching people be transformed. I love it. I love watching the change that happens when someone meets Jesus and surrenders their life for the first time. I love what happens when they get water baptised, when they go through all these freedom experiences, when people begin new habits and get immersed and fully surrendered with God. I love what happens. And there's a, there's a journey of transformation that happens on multiple levels, often simultaneously. It can be like this, that when we become born again, spiritually brand new, transformations can immediately happen. And then there are transformations that happen as our heart's healed, as our mind is renewed, as our will becomes surrendered to God and we make new decisions. And it's fascinating watching how it's such an individual experience for everybody to be transformed. It's not just tick the boxes and you'll be transformed. It, it will be different for everybody. One person can come with some issues that are around anger. Another person can come to meet Christ and maybe they struggle with anxiety. Someone else can struggle with depression. Somebody else with lust. And it's fascinating what happens. One person in getting born again, and I've seen this time and time again, in the moment of becoming a new creation, born again, they are delivered from their anger issues, just like that. But another person is delivered from their anxiety just the moment they become born again. But here's what's interesting. You get delivered or set free from one thing when you become born again. But then I've watched someone else go, well, they got free from anger in a moment, but I've had to do a journey of being free from anger. I've not just become a new creation. Now I've got a relationship with God. His Spirit needs to help me get my heart healed because my anger issues are related to my heart. Or, or maybe the, the way I think, my anxiety issues, yes, I've got born again and transformed, but now I've got to renew my mind so that I can get free from those anxious thoughts. Or, or now I've got to wake up every day and surrender to God and make decisions every day because that, that journey, it's a, it's a holistic journey, spirit, soul, which is heart, mind and will and, and, and the, the, the life I'm living. So it's a journey. So you can't go... 
Oh, that's not fair. They got free just as soon as they got born again. They say the Colonel, KFC, who wants some KFC today? The Colonel got born again in his, I think, 60s. And immediately his prayer was, God, if I get saved, can I stop swearing? Because he was a terrible swearer. And immediately he got delivered from cussing and never, never cursed again because in that moment he was set free. But there were other issues that he had to deal with. Now, some of you are like, please, God, deliver me from, from cussing. Come on, that's all right. That might be a journey, heart, mind, decision. So we're, we're gonna unpack that over the next little while. I know for me, I got born again when I was a little kid, raised in a Christian family. I don't specifically remember the moment I got born again. But when I got born again, God deposited in my spirit, my new spirit, a sense of destiny, a sense of calling. It's like, it's, it's an unshakable thing that's been in my heart since I was a little kid. My parents fostered it, but it was a grace or a gift that I got when I got born again, I've always had this sense of, of, of calling and destiny. However, for many years, I've struggled with feelings of inferiority and insecurity. I'm like, God, why couldn't you just give me confidence as well when I got born again? But for me, that journey is one of, I had to work on my heart to forgive people who said certain things and put downs in my life. I've had to work on my mind to, to renew my mind, to align with what God says about me. I've had to confess the Word daily. I've had to make daily decisions, that's my will, that I'm gonna live confident and, and act in a certain way. And so that's the transformation in that area of my life has been a progressive lifelong journey. So, be thankful for the immediate changes that happen when you get born again and go to work in these other areas to embrace the journey of transformation. Turn to your neighbour and say, it's a journey. Come on, you're going to make it. <laughs> All right, it's a journey from glory to glory. So today, I want to focus on the greatest miracle that's possible in the transformation journey. And that's when we get born Again, we get born again. Jesus said in John chapter three, verse three, he answered and said to the, the religious leader, Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus talked about a spiritual birth. You're born naturally once uh, through your natural parents and then your spirit is disconnected from God, unable to have a relationship with God because of sin. So when we put our faith in Christ and receive His forgiveness, we are born again. We become a new creation, the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, if anyone is in Christ, aka if anyone is a Christian, they are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In the moment of salvation, you become a brand new citizen. Now this week, we had the privilege, uh, Dan Bowman, who's one of the team here on the Sunshine Coast, we had little Luca, their, ba their new baby born, come and see us and, and we had lunch together with him and Trish and we got to hold beautiful little Luca. He's gorgeous. He was wearing a Broncos outfit because it was game day. Trained them up young in the way that they should go and they won't depart from it. And in that, so here's the thing. Luca was born to Dan and Trish. There is a birth certificate that says Dan and Trish Bowman had baby Luca. He was born as a human being. There's a record of it. He's automatically, because he's born here in Australia, he's a citizen of Australia. Okay, that's, that's his natural birth. 
But Jesus said, then there's a, there's a spiritual birth that must happen if you wanna see heaven. And when you put your faith in Christ, your spirit, which we can't see, but it's who you are, is born again. And at that moment, the Bible says, uh, you become a citizen of heaven automatically. You don't have to earn your way in there. You're a citizen of heaven. You get your name written in a physical book of life. So that's your birth registry. And at that moment, you become a new creation made in the image of God on the inside. It's your spirit. Now, some people think, well, when I get born again, is that pretty much the whole deal is that's my ticket to heaven. That's, that's our good news. I heard the, the preacher say, if you wanna go to heaven, put your faith in Jesus, put your hand up, pray the prayer and you'll get to heaven. And many people, unfortunately, don't get transformed because they don't have the full understanding that getting born again and becoming a new creation wasn't just about a ticket to heaven. That's the most amazing part. But that also about something that happened in that moment that will be unpacked for the rest of our lives. In the early 1900s, a young man saved up all his money so that he could catch a British luxury passenger liner from Southampton to New York. He was pursuing his dreams by moving to this, the land of the free and he carefully saved and put aside all this money for the transatlantic journey. He bought the cheapest ticket that he could possibly buy, but unfortunately he couldn't save any more money. So he thought, well, I can't afford all the food. I can't afford all the extras, all the entertainment, but I'll just stay in my room. I'll take some cheese, I'll take some bickies and it's about a 10 day voyage. So I reckon I can just kind of starve and as long as I've got water, I'll get to the other side. He goes on the voyage. He gets down the bottom below water level. He doesn't have a view, but he's, he's in this little room and he's got his cheese and bickies and he sets himself for his 10 day voyage. And he comes up, up to the deck every day and he, he sees these magnificent rooms uh, filled with food. There's, there's, there's a banquet. It's amazing. Uh, the first class guests are all dressed up in their, their suits and tuxedos and gowns. They're, they're having balls and, and, and social events. The food and, and drink is just magnificent and he kind of stares in through the window but, but realises, well, I, I'm, as long as I, I get to America, I'll be able to fulfil my dream. He, make, he makes it through the, the 10 days and on the 10 days as they pull into to New York as he's hopping off the boat, he's, he talks to the captain. The captain said, how did you enjoy uh, the, this, this, this experience? And he said, well, one day I'm gonna come back and buy a first class ticket so that I can really enjoy it. I can have all the food, all the entertainment, all the events that everybody else has been able to partake in. But I got here, that's pretty good. The captain was puzzled. He looked at him and said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I could only afford the cheapest ticket. The captain said, yes, but every ticket included the food. It included the drink. It included the alcohol. It included the social activities. It was all part of the ticket price. When I heard that story, it reminds me for so many people who are focused on getting to heaven. I got born again. That's it, isn't it? Is it? I just have to hold on and get there eventually, be a good person. I'm just a sinner who's saved by grace and therefore one day I'm gonna get to heaven. But I want us to know that some of the most powerful transformation happens when we're born again, but it happens when we understand what was purchased through Jesus' blood when we were born again. When we were born again. It's all in the ticket. 
baby. It's all in the purchase price. Jesus said, it's finished, it's paid for. And so one of the powerful things that I wanna leave us with today to think about is, to, is really about what happens when we become a new creation. I call it new creation realities. Because if you're unaware of the reality, you're not gonna cash it in. If you're unaware of who you are now that you're a Christian, you're not gonna make the most of it. If your thinking doesn't align with what happened, what the Bible says, you're gonna miss out. So I wanna talk to you about three things. I'm a little psyched about this because it's so awesome. I wanna talk about three things. I could talk about 10 things, but I'm gonna talk about three things that happen when we become born again, when we become new creations. They're the new creation reality. Are you ready to go? All right, the first one is this. When you become a new creation, born again, if you're not yet, if you're coming to church, coming to church doesn't get you born again. You you have to make a decision to put your faith in Christ and that's the moment that God comes and and you get born again. And we're gonna have that moment later on in the service. It's why we exist. It's the beginning point of transformation. But when when you got born again, this is your new creation reality. You became a child of God. You became a child of God. John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. But to all who believed Jesus and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. If you're born again, you're a son or daughter of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16 says, You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. We've been adopted into God's family by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. I'm not talking like Swedish rock band Abba. Okay, I'm talking Abba is the, is the, the uh, Bible word or the word in their day for Papa. Daddy, it's an affectionate expression. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit, our born again spirit, that we are children of God. We're children of God. I love this. In uh, Romans 8, 16 in the Passion says this, the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child's. This is a new creation reality that we need to understand not just at a mental level, but it needs to soak into our heart and into our spirit because when we get it, it will change everything the way we interact with God. So here's awesome. I want you to think of one of the purest moments of love that you can in your life. The purest. It might be looking down at a brand new baby that's yours and your heart's just, I can't get anything from them, but I love them. I'm bursting with love. It may be, you know, for me, I think of that. I think of growing up in church and sitting in, in church as a 10-year-old beside my dad and just holding his hand, sitting in church. He's got these big rough farmer's hands, but just the security of being beside my dad in church is one of those things that's filled me with his love. It might be sitting at the beach having drinks with Danielle and we're, we're talking and encouraging each other and we're being real with our innermost fears and, and, and dreams and, and there's just a sense of acceptance and love, there's a purity to that love. Here's what I want you to know. God, the Father, is love. He's He's not kind of loving, He's love. Therefore, when you become born again and become His child, you become 
a, a focus of His love. If you're a parent and you've ever looked at the school photos, you always look straight for your own kid's photo. Where is little Harry? Where is little, oh, where, oh man, if only he smiled today. Anyway, that's, you just, it's like you just zone in looking for your kid. God has kids all around the world and He zones in on you. He's thinking about you, the Bible says. When God thinks about you, He's not, oh, if only they could be better. He's smiling. When God's thinking about you, He's thinking, how can He bless you? When God's thinking about you, He's laughing. When God, you know, sometimes my kids do some stuff and I know it's a little, little naughty, but on, you know, and you kind of have to go, not so good, but behind the scenes, you're like, that was pretty funny. I reckon God does that. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't know why you did that. You're getting yourself into trouble, but I get it. I made you a risk taker. That was pretty fat. That's kind of, I just, God, He loves you. He's not down on you. I imagine He's smiling. I'm imagining if you walked into the room, He'd run to you, wrap His arms around you like the father with the prodigal son. He'd kiss you on the neck. It would be pure love. That's how God sees us. He wants the best for you. He laughs at your jokes. Come on, somebody. He's jealous for your attention. He wants to give you good gifts. This is our heavenly Father. And so learning to, to, to the, the reality, I'm a son of God and that's how I relate to Him. I'm not a beggar. I'm not a sinner. That's not how I relate to Him. I'm His son. He loves me. So, so for me, for 20 years, I've because I grew up without that reality. I've been, like We had Terry today share a story about how she grew up thinking that God was a perfectionist and that I had to try and please Him and feeling, living with guilt. Well, that's, I, I had to wash that out. And one of the ways I've washed it, washed it out is every morning when I pray pretty much, I just love to let God's love soak into me because if I start with it, my number one song on my playlist, I think it's three years in a row, is The Father's Love. Oh, it's the Father's love, being captured and captivated by His love. So that's the number one thing of your new creation reality. You might spend a lifetime unpacking it, but unpack it. You've got a Father in heaven who loves you. You've been adopted into His family. You're not a sinner knocking on the door, trying to get in. You've been forgiven and accepted as a son or daughter of God. Turn to your neighbour and say, I love being a son slash daughter, whatever's appropriate for you. Number two, all right, number two, let's keep going with this. New creation reality. I am one with Christ. I'm one with Christ. All right, let's go to Bible college just for a moment, Melbourne. Onliners, just for a moment. There's a doctrine called the doctrine of union with Christ. Union with Christ. I'm gonna try and give it some language to help us understand it. It's similar to the idea of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet they're united together. They are in perfect union. Three persons, three different roles. Jesus was physically here. His Father was in heaven, but He said, my Father and I are one, spiritually connected, although two different persons. Here's the joy when you get born again. The Bible says you become one with Christ. It uses this expression all through the New Testament. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. You're one with Christ. It's all through the New Testament. It's a reality to understand. Let me read you just a couple of verses. Colossians 2 says, So you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you come to Christ, you were circumcised, not with a physical procedure. Christ performed a a spiritual circumcision, cutting away your sinful nature. You're no more controlled by your old sinful nature when you get born again. 
You were buried with Christ when you were baptised and with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. This is what Galatians 2.20 says. Stay with me. I have been crucified with Christ. It's, I have been, I have been. This is Paul. You have been crucified with Christ. This is a spiritual reality that if you can get it, will change everything. You are, when you became born again in the spirit realm, there's no time and there's no, no separation from space. So when you got born again, God united you with Jesus so that when Jesus was crucified, you were crucified. When Jesus was buried, we are buried with Him in baptism. When Jesus rose from the dead, I rose as a new creation to new life. When Jesus went to heaven, the Bible says, now I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. Yes, I'm here. I know. Yes, you're there. Yes, you're there. But my spiritual reality is I'm connected or one with Christ. This works two ways. Are you ready? I know we're in Bible college, but we've got to get this. This works two ways. One, you get the spiritual DNA of Christ when you get born again. He's in you. So when my oldest son, Jackson, got born, literally within the first few minutes, I picked him up, looked at him and went, oh my God, he looks like me. Instantly. There was no doubt. He's got my DNA. He's a good looking kid. What can I say? Even now we look quite, quite similar, all my, all my kids, and we're often called brothers and it's just a beautiful thing. Why is that? Because He's got my DNA. So when you get born again, the Bible says it's the Word of God that's the seed, you get Jesus' DNA. That's why you're different now. You're not trying to be different. You are different. Everything that's in Jesus is like, oh my God, you look like Jesus. Why? Because you're born again with His DNA. That's one part of it. The other part is I'm connected to Him. Let me, this is my best illustration for it. How many of you have ever had a flat battery and needed to get the jumper cables out? All right. You get the flat battery and you can't start the car and you have a little fight over who left the light on and why it's flat and we move on. Then we go, let's just solve the problem, not just argue about whose fault it is. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about? Okay. Then we go, well, who's got some jumper leads? And then you're like, I thought you had them in your car. I thought you had them anyway. Just keep going. And you, you, get the, you get the jumper leads, you put them on the dead battery and you connect them to a, a battery that's alive. You start the car, there's life and the, the power that's in that battery through the jumper leads flows into the dead battery. And after a while, the dead battery gets charged and there's a flow going between the two batteries. You are one with Christ. He's seated on the throne of heaven. His DNA is in you. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory, the Bible says. But I am continuously connected to Christ by the Spirit. Therefore, the Bible says, I can do all things through what? Christ who strengthens me. How does He strengthen me? Well, we're connected through spiritual jumper leads. He's seated, I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. That's my spiritual reality, but I'm connected to Him. What does that mean? He's holy, what do I get? I'm holy. He's righteous. How, how does God see me? Righteous. Why? Because I'm connected. To, I'm one. I'm in union with Christ. He, he's got strength that I need. I'm connected. You're connected. You don't have to try to be connected. If you get born again, you are connected. You are one with Christ. Now, you, don't, you might not draw down on that. 
But it's a spiritual reality when you understand I'm one with Christ. I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm a saint. Here's the, here's the great news. Let me just come down here for a moment. Here's the great news. That means Flinger, he's a pretty good guy. He, he, he lives by pretty good rules. Last, he's also a great guy. Now, who's more holy? Nah. Okay, who behaves more holy is one thing. Who's a work in progress? Both of them. Come on, Melbourne, just stay with me. Who's more holy? He's connected to Jesus. Where does his holiness come from? Jesus. He's connected to Jesus. Where does his holiness come from? Jesus. So who's more holy? Neither. Their standing before God is exactly the same because of who they're connected to. The Bible says, my sins are, I'm hidden in Christ and I have the righteousness of Christ. Now I'm gonna, we're gonna unpack it and turn to, I'm gonna try and become more like Jesus. That's my transformation journey. But I'm not starting from being a whittly little sinner trying to be holy. I'm coming from my status of holiness. So when we come to church and it's time to worship and you're like, oh, what can I worship God about? It's been a crap week. I'll give you a few tips. You're freaking holy because Jesus is holy. You're righteous because Jesus is righteous. He's washed away every bit of handwriting that was made against you of your sins and you're righteous in Christ. It's your new creation reality. Don't live your Christian life down the bottom of the boat on your cheese and crackers. Oh, poor little me. Step into who you are. The more you understand you're righteous, the more you understand you're holy. This is what the, that Bible verse at the start says, as we gaze in, on Christ as a mirror. So as I look at Jesus, who's my holiness, He's my righteousness, He's my strength, He's my healing, He's my provider. As I look at Him, that's how I'm transformed. If I look at me and all my issues, I'm not gonna be transformed. But if I look at who I am in Christ, I am in Christ. I am a new creation. You are a new creation. And hey, wait for it. Here's the other bit. If He's in Christ and He's in Christ and Toby's in Christ there in Melbourne and I'm in Christ, well, together we're connected. We're one body. You know what? I hate the worst kind of diseases, autoimmune diseases, where the body attacks itself and there's no cure for it so often. And so often the problem with the Christian church we've got is when we attack another Christian because we think our opinion's more important than their opinion and we try and pull them down. You know what we're doing? We're hurting the body. How silly would it be for me to get the hammer out and go, I'm so annoyed at my foot. It's just not working properly. Bam, bam, bam. That would be silly, wouldn't it? But if we're one in Christ, we're one body. So we bite our tongue. We, we pray for people. We don't pull them down. We lift others up because if you succeed, I succeed. If you do well, I do well. If you weep, I weep. We work together. That's one in Christ. Oh, I told you I'd love this preach. That's two realities and I'm over time, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna just call pastor's call just for this today. Just for this today. The third thing. So just say this after me. I'm a child of God. Just say this after me. I'm one with Christ. And last one, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Oh, I love this. The Holy Spirit. When you get born again, He comes and He lives inside of you. He's the one who makes you a new spirit, new creation. He's the one who speaks to us as the voice of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realise your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. You've, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. If you're a Christian, full stop, He lives in you. He lives in you. Now you might be filled with His presence and power more because you worship and spend time with Him, but you have access to the Spirit of God. That's why you're different. That means His job, He's, he's got a job description. He's your helper. So you can talk to the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. He's your comforter. When you're going through grief and pain and difficult times, come on, Melbourne, He'll comfort you. He'll walk with you. He'll be close to you. He's inside you. He lives inside of you. He'll help you to pray. I love that. I don't know how to pray. We've got a church prayer meeting this week, Wednesday morning, six o'clock, Melbourne, Sunshine Coast. And you're like, I don't really know how to pray. Well, the Holy Spirit, He lives in you. He's awesome at praying. And we'll teach you how to pray here in, in that atmosphere, but He'll help you to pray when you don't know how to pray. He, he'll bring revelation. He'll bring the Bible alive to you. You're like, who does that? That's the Holy Spirit. He lives in you now. He's the interpreter bringing the Bible alive. Before you were a Christian, you read the Bible, it was like, blah, boring, history. It's just another book. When you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He puts the magnifying glass. He brings it alive to you. That's His job. You've got the whole, He convicts you. Come on. Not your, sp your spouse doesn't need to convict you. The Holy Spirit does that. He produces fruit in us. So don't go, oh, I'm really going to try and be a better person. No, just build your relationship with the Holy Spirit and He'll, you'll become peaceful, you'll become kinder, you'll become patient, you'll become more loving. That's over a period of time. Why? Because the Spirit comes in you. He'll give you gifts. He'll give you wisdom. He's the Spirit of wisdom. He lives inside of you. I love praying in tongues every morning. One of the reasons I do it is like, God, I need a whole lot of wisdom for today. So I'm pre-downloading the wisdom for the day that I'm going to need as I walk throughout the day because I'm, I'm praying in the tongues and building up myself in the Holy Ghost. He'll pour the love of the Father into your heart. That's one of His jobs. Hope does not disappoint, the Bible says, but the Spirit will pour the love of your Father into you. He'll refresh you. So, I'm, And I'm just skimming the surface. Can we stand to our feet? Melbourne, I want you to stand to your feet. Sunshine Coast, those watching online, stand to our feet. Say this after me again. I am a new creation. I am a child of God. I am one with Christ. And I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Close your eyes, lift your hands. Father, today, I thank You for the realities, the truth, the Word of God who we are, what You've done in our lives. And I pray that for every one of us, we will become so aware that we're living in a new reality. Lord, when You change us, You don't change us to be boring. You enhance our lives. You enhance our personalities. So Father, today I pray, pour out Your love we would know You as our Father. Jesus, pour out Your strength that we would know that we're one with You. And Holy Spirit, minister to us. Walk with us. 
Let's have fellowship with You. Spirit of the living God, we love You with all our hearts. Let strength come to those who need strength today. For those in Melbourne right now who need strength, let strength come into their hearts, strength into their physical bodies. The blessing of God, I pray. In the name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen, Amen. God bless you. Melbourne, back to Toby. We love you. God bless you, church. Back to Teresa. Thank you.